0: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host Steve Robertson here on the Magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. We, uh, we had football Saturday, we had football Sunday, and we've got an NFL doubleheader tonight. We're going to get into a lot of that uh, a little bit later in the show, but i tell you, it's so good. Not just, not just from an entertainment point of view, but from a mental health point of view to have sports back and yes I understand all the hurdles that people have had to jump through to make this happen but man how easy would it have been for the powers to be to say you know what hey listen we just can't take a chance this year we're going to go ahead and cut it out but they didn't they work with medical teams and they figured out a way to play safely it's been wonderful I did not attend a high school football game Friday night I will this week I was on the road this past weekend, went to saw the grandkid in uh, Conway, Arkansas. Had a nice meal up there at walk-ons in Conway, Arkansas. I'd like to thank them for, uh, for great food and great service. And, uh, you know, listen, it wasn't that much of an imposition. You know, it's busy, and you got to figure it's a Saturday night, and so there's a lot of people out and about. People want to go watch games, and uh, they got us right in. It wasn't, didn't take long at all. It's a good time. Any time that you can get together with friends and family and uh, be able to break bread and enjoy a little football, it's always a great thing. Hope that you get a chance to do that soon if you hadn't already. Some of the best things in life are making memories together uh, around a television, watching games. I remember being a kid. I know that uh, seems like so long ago for some of you, but I remember being a kid, and the biggest thing that happened at my dad's house was Mississippi State played. And it didn't matter listen it didn't matter what else was going on in the world in those moments we were together that was much watch tv as they said you know it's one of those things you plan It said, you know what all of my plans kind of center around the fact that i'm going to watch this game with my dad and listen if you knew my dad well we had a ball game on every night even if we didn't have a rooting interest because he loves sports i love sports that's what we did and for many years we only had one tv in the house and so if you wanted to watch television Uh, you watched what freddie robertson watched and that meant the ball game and then every so often uh, we finally got that tv in the back bedroom going so if somebody wanted to go watch something else of less importance they could go do that but as far as uh the watching activities in the living room we were watching the ball game but i remember those memories and uh it's so fond to me to think about you know the older that i get the more that stuff matters to me and on saturday you know i'm there watching college football with my sons and uh you know it's just nice to be able to sit there and kind of be able to talk sports and i was amazed by how i guess educated both of them are with the nba i don't watch pro basketball and it's not for any political reasons whatsoever i, I just yeah you know, i'm so busy doing everything else I don't, I don't have time for everything but uh it was interesting despite the fact there's 10 years between them to hear them talk about the NBA and about how this guy averaged just many points and uh it did a dad's heart proud to say the least so uh again hope that you guys get a chance to make some memories and that there will be some ticket information we're beginning to see some college football Mississippi State version uh some ticket info kind of go out people have been on the jeans page message board said hey I got my tickets and I actually got a better section than I got last year and so there are many of you that are listening to the sound of my voice thinking you know what I've been in the bulldog club for you know a few years and I, they're not going to make it to me don't give up hope because there are a lot of people out here that have opted out for safety reasons and people that have reduced their ticket orders and so don't just assume you're not going to be able to get to go and i don't want to get your hopes up to the point that you're thinking ah steve i'm so invested in this if i don't get to go i'm going to be crushed you know we're going to make it there was a time we didn't get to go to every game but uh we're going to do our best and just hang in there because when they call and they'll tell you your options and then you'll kind of know where to go from there but again Mike Ritchie and his staff are doing, you know, an unwinnable job here. Okay, they're doing the absolute best they can, and so I just ask you to be patient with them. You know, they, for every person that that uh, you know is pleased, there's going to be some that are going to be disappointed. And, and listen, they never know who's going to be on the other end of the line. They just they never know what that call is going to be like. So I just ask you, show a little kindness and a little patience, and think it'll work better for everybody. Speaking of working well, Bulldog Burger Company will work well for you matter of fact, I had some friends reach out earlier today and said, Hey, Steve, I'm going to Bulldog Burger Company for the first time. So as always, I said, be sure to get spring rolls. It's what you do. It's what you do. It's kind of like when you used to get up Saturday mornings, you watch cartoons. You go to Bulldog Burger Company, you have the spring rolls. It's just kind of like a given. You have that as the appetizer. It kind of gets you going. It kind of gets you going. Then you get into that hamburger, and, and it is incredible how big the portions are. And I've shared this before. I don't know how they do it. I mean, honestly, they bring you that tray of food, and it's just loaded with french fries or onion rings or whatever your side is. Or you can get the, you know, the mac and cheese and get a little pork belly on top of it, and it's almost like you know a meal unto itself. I really don't know how they get away with these big portions. You get this great restaurant-quality hamburger with great sides. Go by check them out. You'll be glad you did. There's are two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and they're on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And, again, have the spring rolls. They'll make you and everyone around you better looking. This I personally guarantee. All right, let's get into some NFL stuff. Listen, and, and here's the deal, too. You, you can miss me with your, your, your political stuff. I, I just want to watch the games. And I know many of you feel the same way. I just – after what we have been through the last six months, I just want to watch the games. And you know what? I'm even watching games and teams I don't even care about where I don't even have a rooting interest because I have missed football so much. I just want to watch the games. And you know what? Some of you are saying, Steve, I just want to watch the games, too. I wish they would leave all this other stuff out. You know what? We're not even going to talk about that. I'm just going to talk about football today. So let me run down some numbers for you, the games that you may have found of interest. I'm not going to run down the the whole schedule, but uh, some things with some Bulldog notes, shall we say. So Green Bay beat Minnesota in a wild one yesterday. Green Bay 43-34. Will Redmond had a pair of tackles for the Packers. I didn't see Preston Smith listed, and I didn't do enough research to see if perhaps if maybe he was injured. I don't know. But I know that Preston Smith's a big part of the franchise up there at Green Bay. This is probably the big landing spot for him. You know, this is that second big contract. He'll, he's making a ton of money up there. Had a great year last year. Cam Dantzler, in his NFL debut, four tackles, he did get beat for a touchdown. That's going to happen. It's going to happen when you're a veteran. It's going to happen, especially when you're a rookie. Uh, But Cam out there mixing it up. And, listen, out there competing, doing a great job. So, Green Bay wins that one. It's a a wild game, 43-34. Speaking of wild, Philadelphia had a 17-0 lead on Washington and didn't score a single point the rest of the game. Washington comes back to win 27-17. Montez Sweat with a couple tackles and a sack. Darius Slay with three tackles. Fletcher Cox had two. Uh, it's just insane to think they didn't get more help out of the offense in the second half i mean philly really kind of gave the game away but give washington credit and uh, hey good for montez sweat getting out there doing something impactful early in that ball game tyree phillips of course didn't collect any stats but man how about tyree phillips man what a great story that is tyree phillips from grenada high school played one year of high school football and he was so massive and so athletic that he earned an opportunity to go play at East Mississippi Community College. And then he takes advantage of that opportunity, becomes an All-American, comes to Mississippi State, the place he'd always wanted to be, Red-shirted, worked his way into the starting lineup, and uh, was multi-week SEC lineman of the week a couple times, and then starts his first NFL game for the Baltimore Ravens and then paves the way to victory 38-6 over the Browns. Tyree Phillips, you want to talk about a guy that typifies the Mississippi State story, that's who it is. That's who it is. There are a lot of stories like that in our history of guys a little bit under-recruited that take advantage of the opportunity, and in his case, took the scenic route. And he went to JUCO not because he had to from an academic point of view, but he went because he needed more reps. He needed some seasoning. He needed some, some game film. He needed a chance to get a little more coaching and some more experience. And now he's in the National Football League, a third-round selection by the Baltimore Ravens. It's true that dreams come true at Mississippi State. Jags and Colts, we had uh, players on both sides of that deal, too. Jags come back and win it late. Gardner Minshew, a bulldog at heart, but not a bulldog when it comes to, uh, you know, his college career. But, uh, you know, listen, had a good year for Mike Leach up there, made the most of it, and has now unseated uh, a starter and is the guy down there. Uh, Logan Cook, of course. We always knew Logan Cook had an NFL leg. We all, I think we all knew that, even in high school. Logan Cook, three punts, 45.3-yard average, and pins one inside the 20. That's what NFL guys do. And Danico Autry had a pair of sacks in that ball game. And it's incredible, again, that you look at the recent legacy of defensive linemen that have uh, come out of the Mississippi State program. Danico Autry oftentimes gets lost because he didn't have a huge college career. You remember he was among the most highly recruited defensive linemen in the country out of East Mississippi. And he comes to Mississippi State and really was – you know, I guess halfway through his senior year when it kind of clicked for him, David Turner always said that he would have that moment when he stopped thinking as much and just started reacting. And I remember, too, the 2013 Egg Bowl, he made a big play out there in space to snuff out a screen to end an old Miss drive that gave State a real chance to come back and win the game. Uh, but Danico doing some big things for himself and uh, has kind of bounced around the league a little bit. But I'll tell you, this is a guy that's in the starting lineup again and uh, has really shown some longevity and, and done a great job there and uh, happy to have him as part of the Bulldog family. Uh, one of the biggest nights, <laughs> incredible, Jonathan Abram, first game back. You know, he had the, the uh, season-ending surgery last year during the preseason. It was awful. Got a chance to see him at some state games last year, him and his lovely wife and daughter. His return to action, 13 tackles. Thir- Might be your NFL defensive player of the week, man. 13 tackles. And a 34-30 win over the Carolina Panthers. The Raiders, of course, are no longer in Oakland. They've moved to Las Vegas. And uh, I'm sure John's doing a good job there. But I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's incredible to see a guy like that. And I was on Bo Bounsher earlier today. And one of the things that I mentioned, he was the fifth rated safety in the state of Mississippi that year. Five. Rated behind Jamal Peters, who was the player of the year that year. Mark McLaurin. Armani Linton. And Jarvis Wilson and then there was Jonathan Abram the fifth highest rated safety in the state and listen not to say that Mark McLaurin and Jamal Peters didn't have good careers they did I don't know that Jamal Peters lived up to his full potential but uh he was a good player got banged up a little bit Mark McLaurin I think we got everything we could have gotten out of Mark Mark was uh was a great leader just did not wasn't, wasn't as good in coverage as we had hoped but he had a great four years here. I don't, we don't win the uh, Gator Bowl without him against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson probably sees Mark McLaurin in his sleep. Jarvis Wilson goes down there, does a good job at Georgia, ends up basically being a career special teams guy. But uh, Jarvis Wilson recruited Jonathan Able to join him at Georgia and then stayed on there. And then Armani Lenton was just kind of, you know, jag core at Ole Miss. It's, it's so crazy how that happens. There's a lot, a lot of guys that uh, are highly recruited, and they go there and really never heard from him again. I know he bounced around, was supposed to play some running back, it just never materialized for him. And now all those guys that were rated ahead of Jonathan Abram were watching him play on Sundays. The knock on John Abram out of high school was foot speed. People said, you know what, uh, you know, he's, he, he doesn't look that fast. And he went a few places, and he kind of over-camped. And what I mean by that is, is, if there was a camp going on, he was invited, he was going to go. And he never really gave himself a chance to recover. So there were some times he turned in, you know, some high 4.5s, even some low 4.6s. But when he was fresh, he was running low 4.5s. Then he gets to Mississippi State and uh, becomes an All-American. It's incredible the career he had. And I remember talking to Sleepy Robinson about Jonathan Abram after signing day. And he goes, man, I wish we could have found a way to take that kid. This is when he was coming out of East High School and he signed with Georgia. He said, because, man, I want to play against that guy. He goes, I'm just glad he didn't go to Ole Miss. We had to deal with that, and you know, it works out. It's so crazy that state ends up getting you know three of the top five, and and it, it, it's so funny. It's all five of those guys who were rated that year, all at some point were committed to Mississippi State. You know, Jarvis Wilson, of course, flips to Georgia, and uh, Armani Lenton flips to Ole Miss, and then it's never heard from again. But but John Abram is an incredible story from Marion County, Mississippi. He went to East Marion, and I'll hold that against him. But this is a guy that never believed that he was out of it. Never believed. He said, if I just, they just give me a chance, I'll prove it to him. And then he did. And I remember when he was on his official visit to Alabama, he was over there hanging out on the Mississippi State sidelines talking to our players. It was a perfect fit. And, man, what, what a great, great, great story. To come right back out, 13 tackles. I, listen, they're going to have to drag him off the field. You better be aware of that. John Abram will not quit seahawks take care of the falcons yesterday 38 25 you know kj Wright has been in the league 10 years and i and maybe because he plays on the west coast i don't know that he gets enough juice from mississippi state fans i mean and, and i admit it there are a lot of times i don't watch him play because it's a west coast game so it's not always on here but kj has quietly put together a great career kj Wright, you know super bowl winner he had three tackles yesterday. And they're kind of building that defense around him. But you think it's hard to believe 10 years K.J. still around. And I remember some people, when he was coming out of Olive Branch High School, people said, oh, well, you know, he's just too small. He's too small. Because he was playing on the end in high school back to get after the quarterback. Then he comes to Mississippi State. We make him a linebacker. He plays as a true freshman was an incredible player here at Mississippi State, and a great ambassador for Mississippi State, continues to this day to be true maroon. And he's been with Seattle the whole time. Could have taken more money to go elsewhere, but was loyal to Pete Carroll and that organization, and it's hung in there. Was recently on the HGTV channel, some uh, home repair show. But KJ is our guy, and I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's great to see him do so well. And I wish he got a little more juice with us. I really do. Because he he has made, done a lot to make us proud. And I don't know that he gets enough credit for the career that he's had. Uh, the game last night uh, was a bit of a, a joke. Uh, really disappointed in the play calling in that ball game. I know many of you are as well. Dak goes 25 of 39 for 266 and a touchdown. Uh, hurt by some drops, too. There was a, Listen, I don't, I don't fault Armani Cooper for dropping that one plow that when Jalen Ramsey tattooed him there. Uh, but there were a couple other balls that, that should have been caught. Uh, Dak, I thought, was pretty good. I thought Dak played pretty well. There were some passes he could have had back, and uh, you know the one late when there's the p- offensive pass interference. And here's the deal, too. I would not have thrown the flag in that situation, not just because I wanted the Cowboys win, but because Jalen Ramsey and Gallup were both kind of hand-fighting there. And so Gallup begins to pull away, and Ramsey kind of flops a little bit and draws a flag. And that's a veteran move. I give him credit for at least – uh, making the referee think about it. But that cost him the game. But you can go back a little bit earlier, that fourth and three, got to kick the field goal. You're on the road in a ball game that you have trailed just about the entire second half. You haven't had any momentum. You have a chance to pull even. And Yes, I understand that changes the play calling for the Rams, but at least if you're even, you still got a chance. And uh, you had a chance late there, and then I thought the offensive line kind of let them down some. And listen, let's be fair. The Los Angeles Rams has one of the best defensive fronts in the in all of football not just in the nfc but in all the football Aaron donald is an absolute monster and he makes everybody around him better michael brockers is an absolute star but uh but that's your nfl update tonight we'll have a chance to watch the greatest nfl franchise in the history of the world that's the pittsburgh steelers as they take on joe judge in the new york giants joe is a little bit old school man i don't know if you guys have noticed this you know we're not gonna have names on the back of the jerseys and the coaches running practice and things like that so Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do. And listen, all due respect to Joe, but I'm hoping the Steelers blow him out. Uh, Not that I want to see Joe do a bad job. It's just that uh, we have struggled here the last year or so as Steelers fans to have to um, be without Big Ben. And uh, I think he's got another ring left in him. And uh, I know the the road to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City, but I think Big Ben can do it for us. But uh, hoping to have a good ball game tonight. And then, of course, We've got two games tonight. How cool is that? Tennessee Titans and Jeff Simmons will take on uh, the Denver Broncos. So probably not going to chat tonight for those of you Gene Spagers who are wondering, hey, Steve, are you going to chat tonight? No, I'm going to watch the Steelers play, and then I'm going to have the uh, Tennessee Titans on the other tuner. But that's your NFL update. And how cool is it that we as Mississippi State folks can talk about all these games you've got you know basically 10 games we can talk about the bulldogs are playing in not just on the roster not just on the practice squad you know the first game of the year you had uh, chris jones and willie gay out there for the defending super bowl champions begin to run down the numbers here you know kj's got a super bowl ring fletcher cox got a super bowl ring chris jones got a super bowl ring and of course martinez and those guys that you know were on the uh physically unable to perform list last year IR, and then um you know, Darrell Williams, those guys are now with the practice squad with the, with the Chiefs, and uh, Braxton Hoyette picked up a ring last year. And so it's like, you know, there's so much that we can be proud of, and a lot of that is because of the last decade that we've had in college football. But we're not done putting players in the league. That's what I don't think people fully understand, is that, you know, it was a good run under Dan Mullen, but we're not done. We're not done adding value. We're not done adding talent. and We're not done producing football players. That's going to continue. All right, uh, we're going to sh- change up the uh, top ten list a little bit today. The, uh, we're going to do two top five lists. How about that? I had a couple people that have been on me about, hey, Steve, how do a top ten of this? And I don't know that I could honestly come up with ten without forcing the issue. And as the great American poet laureate Nikki Six once said, I'll do everything to make it except for fake it. So I'm not going to put together a top ten list I don't believe in. And so the first top five list today brought to you by your friends at MyBookie. New customers receive a 100% deposit match. That means you double your deposit up to $1,000. Put in 100 bucks, get an extra 100 bucks to play with. It's summertime, my bookie can be only one thing. It's a winning season, and that's a winning season for you. Winning season means doubling that first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contest, survivor, and much, much more. At my bookie, the winning season is all about you and your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sport some of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your own intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting option. Put that intelligent brain of yours to good use. Use promo code BONEYARD and double that first deposit. New players will get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet on. Thousands of cross sport wagers, props, and parlays await you. Sign up now to bet with the best. Celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today. I'll only at bookie. Use promo code Boneyard to unlock that offer. Okay, so our first top five list is Billy Squire. I, I was a huge Billy Squire fan, and uh, a few things I'll share with you about this. I know there are some people that are a little deeper into the catalog. I was really, I really liked the hits. You know, I, I wasn't really pulled in. Out to the rest of the catalog it is one of those things too sometimes i can kind of put on an album and just kind of let it roll and i'll hear some things that kind of strike my fancy but uh but so here is my top five billy squire songs and you're going to know all of these and they're all absolute bangers they're all great songs so it was um wesley Maxi. westy maxi is the one that suggested billy squire and uh, if i got the name wrong i apologize i wrote this down i can't read my writing but number five for me, and it was made famous by uh, again, by the uh, couples weekend or couples retreat movie. With um, you know, with it was everybody was in that movie. Um, but Vince Vaughn was in it, which was great. And you know, he was the creative guitar hero. And so they, they did the uh, the big showdown when they wanted to go over to um, Eden East, or I guess it was. But lonely is the night is number five, great tune couple of great solos in there one probably one of the more popular billy squire songs for this generation billy squire needs to be embraced by you younger cats you should check them out number four for me it's rock me tonight i think it's an underappreciated song i don't know that it gets the airplay that it deserves because usually when everybody thinks billy squire they play one song number three and there have been times in my life i could have said uh, this was number one but it's uh, my kind of lover it's uh, a great tune up tempo, not too edgy, but uh, you know, hey, it's it's uh, it's about the animal instinct. Absolutely dig the tune. Number two, everybody wants you. That was an MTV classic. If you've never seen it, you should go watch the video on YouTube. Everybody wants you. It's um, you know, hey, pretty self-explanatory. But number one, without a doubt, for me, is the song "The Stroke." They play it, in a they play it in stadiums, and gets everybody on their feet even now. What's interesting, if you go watch the, uh, the Stroke video on YouTube, it used to be on MTV. MTV used to play music videos. But the Stroke, there's a part there where Billy Squire is playing the harmonica. And there is no harmonica part in the song. It's just he felt a little bit awkward. And so they just kind of faked it there. So number one, Billy Squire song of all time, The Stroke. Go dig it. Go check it out. All right, so uh, our next top five is uh, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. We mentioned last week DraftKings had some great specials for you. And you know what? Wasn't it great to have NFL back on the TV this past weekend? Great for us. It's just week one. There's no better place to get in all the action than DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store right now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your own lineup. Feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every pass, every catch just means more on the DraftKings app. It's simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against a competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the big weekend quite like having a shot at a million dollars. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app right now and use code Boneyard. For limited time new users, you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter promo code Boneyard to get a free shot at millions of dollars. With your very first deposit, that's code Boneyard, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for all the details. Alright, so let's get into our second top five. Second top five uh comes from a suggestion of Chris Allen. Chris had hit me up a while back and said, Hey Steve, how about a top ten OASIS list? You know what? I liked OASIS. But again, I, I had the album definitely maybe, which I thought was great. But it's been so long since I've kind of, you know, tipped my toe into the, the pool that is Oasis. I don't know that I could give a top ten list with any justice. I think I would do a poor job. And so um, here are my top five Oasis songs. Top five. Probably the same for a lot of you. But number five for me is Don't Look Back at Anger. And this to me is when they, I thought they kind of began to kind of wilt away. I think this was kind of like the last big hit. Number four was one of the, the first ones I ever heard from Oasis and loved that it. it's lived forever. Absolutely loved the song, You Will Too. Uh, great band. That's what really got them going, I thought. But uh, the, the big single that I thought that was a big radio hit for them is number three for me, is Supersonic. That's when I kind of had a feeling that Oasis had a little more staying power, that they were not just a flash in the pan. And we were right. They weren't just a flash in the pan. They couldn't, they couldn't be friends and they couldn't stay together. But they produced some great music. And a matter of fact, there were a couple songs from the nineties. I don't know if the nineties would have been nearly as good without Oasis, because they had two legendary tracks. Number two, Champagne Supernova. It's a wonderful song, and a lot of people say, Well, Steve, what is a champagne supernova? I don't know, just go with it. Just go with it. Where were you when we were getting high? You know, that's it's a great tune it's uh, a song of remembrance and a lot of people right now are thinking you know what i haven't listened to that in forever i'm gonna put it on today and you should but number one one of the greatest songs of this generation it's wonderwall it is such a wonderful song and i think everybody at some point tried to sing it at karaoke i know i have it is a wonderful song it's uh it's it's again it's a song about friendships and relationships and um, you know needing some help every once in a while wonderwall a great tune without a doubt in my mind the absolute greatest song of the oasis catalog and one of the greatest songs of this generation regardless of genre it's a wonderful song and listen people that don't even listen to rock music know that song that's how it was absolutely everywhere to the point of almost being overplayed but even now like my oldest son plays guitar if he starts playing it man it just takes me back i absolutely love the song you will too so, no top ten list, but two top fives today. If you have a suggestion for a top ten list, please reach out and let me know. Many of you have, and uh, I'm trying to get caught up in all of that. I had some people hit me up after the R&B show from uh, last week and said, Steve, dude, we, okay, you, great job with all of that, but uh, we need the R&B ladies, and we're going to do that. We'll do that one day this week. How about that? And uh, I, I can go ahead and tell you, Tony Braxton and Mary J. Blige are going to be on there absolute queens so we'll get to that but it's amazing people say "Well, Steve, I had no idea that you knew so much about R&B you know I'm a fan I'm a fan I like music period and I respect people whether that's my cup of tea or not there are times in my life that I've listened to a little bit of everything like I see these people that have uh, how how crazy their playlist is and that sort of stuff I don't have a playlist because I listen to albums in their entirety when I can but, again, I love people that can express themselves with song and uh, because I, I have had a lot of difficulty with that. But uh, I think it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And I think anything that people do that moves you and touches you in a positive way is a very, very important thing in life. And I support every bit of that. All right. So let's get into a few other things before we get out of here. Uh, our friends at Campus Bookmark, longtime sponsors of this show, And uh, you should know them by now. Stand the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there will treat you like family. They can get anything you want. Anything that you want Mississippi State related, Miss Kathy Brown can find it for you. They'll order it if they don't have it. Chances are they already do. They already have it. You can get baby clothes there. You can get clothes for yourself. Anything maroon and white, they're going to have it. And mom, dad, listen, the kids want new Bulldog threads whether they're going to be at the games or not. Because you know you're going to have those watch parties and they want to wear something new. They don't want to wear last year's shirts, man. Come on, get with the program. Go order new Mississippi State threads today at CampusBookmark.net. You can also get your Mississippi State mask right there. And if we're going to be forced to wear a mask, you might as well wrap a cool one when it says Mississippi State along the front of it. Everybody in the beginning of this thing was wondering, where can I get a Mississippi State mask? Well, right here at Campus Book Mart. Chances are I many of those masks you had early on, you know, those homemade masks you got, you know, through your friends at the church or whatever, I'm sure they need to be replaced. Get a professional quality mask at CampusBookMart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Mississippi State had its second scrum. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Image of the fall this past Saturday, we spoke with Mike Leach Saturday evening, and uh, look, you know, Mike basically has come out and said, "You know, KJ's the starter. If we get ready to play a ball game. KJ will be the guy." We've all known that for a while, but listen, I think it's important to let make the guy come in here and earn it. You know, not only does it send the right message to him, it sends the right message to the team. Nobody should ever show up on any college campus and just be given the keys to the Cadillac and say, "Here you go." You've got to earn that. You've got to earn respect to your teammates. That's happened. While it won't be an official declaration for probably a few more days, probably next time we talk to Leach, he'll name KJ the starter. He is the starter. Will Rogers now a clear number two as Garrett Schrader has now made the move out to wide receiver. He practiced there all week last week at wide receiver. And I am told privately Garrett's made some plays. Now, do we expect him to come in here and be a difference maker at wide receiver? No, and I don't think it's fair to him to expect that can he be a productive player yes does he bring some competitiveness yes does he bring some toughness you better believe it but in addition to that Garrett Schrader is too talented a player to have him sit over there and hold a clipboard on the sidelines especially if this year doesn't count towards his eligibility if he can help you in another place, you put him out there and let him do it and then he can figure out what he wants what his next step is once the season's over but I'm told that Garrett Schrader's doing a good job he's making some plays You know, he's got to get up to speed. I mean, it's a different deal. You may know the offense from the quarterback position, but it's a lot different deal having to get out there and run the routes. There's a lot to that. It's not as simple as some people think. You've got to be very precise in your steps, and we waste a lot of steps as receivers. We're kind of figuring that out. That's what Spurrier and Nickel are doing. But now you can throw another guy out there. And so, yeah, he's not going to go out there and take anybody's spot, but I think that he is a guy that can work his way into the rotation. And also, too, you think about the gadget play element. Now, all of a sudden, you put that guy out there in the slot, things change a little bit. It gives the defense something else to think about. So, I like it. I, I like the fact that Garrett Schrader is a team-first guy. And I, I think I like the fact that Mike Leach has given him an opportunity to help Mississippi State somewhere on the field, even if it's not a quarterback. But people forget, man, Garrett Schrader is like 6'5", 200 pounds. I mean, this, this is a guy that can play. And you see what he can do when the ball's in his hands. He's not scared to tuck it and go. He has no aversion to contact. He's not a guy that's going to be scared to get out there and you know try to dive and get a first down. I like what he brings. And again, he's not going to go out there and take somebody's spot. But I think that he is a guy that can find a spot and find a role in his team and be a producer. We listen, we are wide receiver poor at Mississippi State. That's one of the reasons we went out and had so many newcomers. We went, went out inside you know, five guys last year. Then we added Terrell Shavers as a grad transfer. You pick up Trip Wilson as a uh, preferred walk-on, and he's as good as some signees we've had in recent years. You know, so that's seven new bodies. Now you get those Schrader into the mix. You wouldn't be doing all of that if you had the pieces in place to help you be what you want to be. And I understand there's been as many as 25 guys out there running routes at wide receiver. As many as 25. Number one, we run the entire practice, but number two, trying to find some guys and catch a football move team. So Garrett Schrader's out there, and I understand the move is permanent. Now, that said, I'm told if we got into an emergent situation, obviously they would bring him back. You know, something since should happen. You, let's say you have, uh, as, as Bo said this morning, let's say all of a sudden you have an outbreak in the quarterback room. Well, you know, Garrett Schrader obviously is uh, out there hanging with the wide receivers. You could always put him back in there and probably get through a week. So we've got options. The running back situation is rather interesting, Uh, not because we don't know who the, the heir apparent is. We know Colin Hill is the bell cow of the running back room. I shared this over on Gene's page this morning. The fact that so many of these young running backs are beginning to really make plays and to kind of exert themselves in fall camp, talking about Lee Witherspoon, who's a true sophomore, who essentially gets the redshirt year back this year because he'll be able to play another year, again, get another year of experience and still have three years to play. And you've got Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson who are both equally explosive. Now, all of a sudden, you're kind of rethinking this whole two running back class thing. We've talked about that for a while. We might take an all-purpose back. But now I'm told that unless a real difference maker is available and interested in us, it's a one running back class. And that's the thing you begin to look at for next year, okay? So, Colin Hill is a senior. Kareem Walker is a senior. We don't know at this point what we have with Kareem Walker. But I will share with you much of the social media commentary about Kareem Walker is off base. I've read some things, even on our own website, where people have said, said things about Kareem Walker that are untrue. Uh, Kareem Walker is a situational guy, okay? He, he is a one-cut runner, He's not as explosive as Colin Hill. He's not the pass receiver Colin Hill is. Colin's Colin's very natural with that. But there's a role for Kareem Walker. And I've been told by numerous people that Kareem Walker has been a fabulous teammate, has been great in the locker room, has been great in workouts. He has embraced his role and done a good job uh, kind of finding a niche for himself. And so is there room for a guy like that on your team next year? Yeah, probably so. What do I expect him to get carries-wise this year? Probably not a whole lot. But I understand he's the best pass protector on the team among the running backs. I understand that he's a team-first guy that's willing to go in there and play on special teams if need be. He's willing to do whatever he needs to do. And this is one of the things, too, that I get a little tired of. You know, people forget the fact. They say, well, he was at some crappy Kansas JUCO that barely had running water. Okay, it is what it is. Let's not forget he was an Under Armour All-American that had about 50 offers at a high school and signed with Michigan and played as a true freshman. So there is something there. There is some potential there. Now, did he lose his way a little bit? Yeah, he did. And, you know, that's one of the things is that there's a lot of this revisionist histories and people say, well, you know, we should have signed this guy, we should have signed that guy. Let's be honest, okay? Let's go back and, let's go back and look at the facts. When we began recruiting Kareem Walker, first of all, I think Charles Huff – Probably got back engaged with him because he knew his potential, but also too, he knew we could get him. We did not expect Colin Hill to be back this year. So we go out and look for a junior college back in the class last year for last year, thinking, okay, we gotta have somebody here as a stopgap guy while our young guys develop. If you if you recall, we were all in on John Emery to the point that it cost us some other running backs. And so what do we do when John Emery goes, you know, commits to Georgia, eventually LSU? There was no chance of him going to Georgia. But the bottom line is this, is that, you know, when we were all in on John Emery and we showed him that and it blew up in our faces, well, then we had to go get a stopgap guy just in case Colin went pro. And then we go get a developmental guy and we get Lee Witherspoon, who had one of the most prolific seasons in the history of Alabama high school football. Did we manage the running backs run properly? Yeah, I don't know. I think that remains to be seen. But there was a need for Kareem Walker when we went out and signed him. Then he shows up, and he's an academic redshirt, loses the year, and then by this stroke of craziness we will get the year back because he'll get to play this year, which doesn't count, so he could still have two years of football left. Whether he's around for next year or not, I don't know. But having a veteran guy around that has a bit on a chip on his shoulder that probably feels like, you know what, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity, even if I'm not the guy, it makes sense to me. And if he's a good locker room guy and a good team guy and he's doing things that are building up the program, I want the guy in the locker room, whether he gets 50 carries or not. I don't know that he gets 50 touches. But if he is a guy that can be a good team guy and and can be a situational guy when we need him to be, then, yeah, let's go get him. And he showed some flashes early in camp. And, listen, I don't think that he is at the levels of Quavius Marks. And let's be honest, if I'm going to invest carries and touches into backup running backs, I'm going to probably give it to the guys that are going to be here for four years. But there's a lot of things that have been said about Kareem Walker. A lot of people kind of sleep on him a little bit. And I don't think people fully appreciate the fact that this is a guy that can help a team. Is he a guy that's a difference maker? I don't think so. But he can be a glue guy and a good locker room guy. We've talked at length about the defense here multiple times. The linebacker room is intriguing to me, and I've talked to a handful of people over the weekend that have shared with me, you know what, we've got some real athletes there. It's just a matter of kind of finding a way to let those guys work as a unit. If we got ready to start a football game this weekend, Jordan Davis is your Sam linebacker. Errol Thompson, obviously, at Mike, and Aaron Brule is the weak side guy. Those are your three. Tyrus Wheat was the guy that was signed because we expected Willie Gay to go pro, and there's a possibility of that happening. So we go out and get Ty Wheat. I understand he is right there, too. Jordan Davis is going to play some with his hand in the ground. He's going to stand, some, stand him up some. Just depending on what the alignment looks like. But we've got some guys out there that can run and make plays. Nathaniel Watson has the guy that's been mentioned several times. I'm told he's basically a swing guy, that he has worked at all three linebacker positions. He will play some in a rotation. Uh, I understand he's not pushing for a starting spot. I think we pretty much had that established, but he's right there with the second team. Then there's Jed Johnson, of course, that's in there. That's running some at Mike Linebacker. And so you've got numbers and you've got talent there. You just don't have a lot of experience. Outside of Errol Thompson, there's just not a lot of snaps under the uh, Mississippi State Linebacker belt. But you've got Zach Arnett also, too, was the guy that played in this scheme, his coach's scheme. And I understand that he's very demanding, not in a negative way, but he holds those guys accountable. That's going to have to be an explosive group for us. And, again, we've got some guys out there that can run around and make plays in space, and that's going to be big, especially for guys like Aaron Brule. That's where I think him being a former safety helps out a lot. This is a guy that's used to breaking down and making a tackle in space and understanding there's not a lot out there behind him in support. Looking at the secondary, Mike Leach mentioned Landon Guidry over the weekend. I have heard that he had had some good practices. You may recall Landon Guidry towards ACL his first year here and then kind of struggled to get on the field last year, played some in special teams. Uh, he has played some, and uh, I understand he actually had a couple big pass breakups uh, on Saturday, pushing Colin Duncan a little bit. I expect Colin Duncan to hang on there at strong safety, but Landon Guidry is out there. We need some guys to step up and kind of take those two deep roles, and it appears that he is kind of stepping forward and being able to do that. We know Janari Dean's a freshman, is expected to play a lot. There's going to be a lot of youth in that secondary. And, listen, there's going to be growing pains. I've said on the show a million times. First-team defense is going to be really good. We start getting guys dinged up. We start getting guys getting off rotation. We have some guys that get out there and, uh, you know, could be some mismatches for the opposition. That's where this pass rush is going to have to really step up and and kind of help us because we're going to have a lot of people that are going to to test that secondary. I don't think they test Martin Emerson a whole lot. But more times than not, Martin's going to be paired up on everybody's best player. Which is how it's going to be. We're going to play against Alabama and LSU. They're going to have some receivers and go out there and make plays. You know, Ole Miss, to a certain extent, is going to have some guys and go out there and make some plays. You know, so the secondary is going to be challenged. We've been there before. That's not to say we have bad players. We just simply have inexperienced players as i've mentioned before marcus murphy martin emerson those guys are bona fide sec starters i think both of those guys have pro f- football in their future with emmanuel forbes and asias furge bowing out the other side you feel good about that it would be nice to have tyler williams it really would have been but it is what it is javara selman you guys know freshman corner is opting out i'm told he uh, has some people in his family that have been impacted by covid and uh just really wants to opt out and uh it's gotten it's not football related it is family related and i'm told that this is probably the last one that we should expect that's two at that position on scholarship and then tory dixon is a walk-on and now he's in a transfer portal uh tory dixon was not going to be a starter or two deeper here and i think he realized that and that's not to say that his contributions to mississippi state are not appreciated they certainly are he was a career special teams guy and uh did a good job while he was here, and everybody wants to play. And if you're not going to play, you need to find somewhere else you can. You only get a short time in life to play sports, so I don't, I don't blame him at all for leaving. But that's three guys, all three that have opted out for the season, all from the corners room. Javor is someone we didn't expect him to play a lot this year anyway, expecting a to redshirt. But uh, it is interesting that that position where you have a real, real need there, you've got three guys that are gone. All those situations are unique. That's not consistent. There's not a consistent theme there to suggest there's a problem in a corners room. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm saying is that it'd be nice to have some warmer bodies there out there to at least kind of help in the rotation, especially later in ball games, to save some wear and tear on some of the frontline guys. But uh, but it is what it is. As Coach Leach always says, I'm gonna coach the guys that show up. We're gonna play the guys that show up. We're gonna get out there and go play ten football games, and uh you know whoever's here will play. There have been sometimes We could have gone out there and grabbed 11 guys out of the student section and been able to go play uh, about as well as we had at times. There were some lean years in our history. We weren't necessarily committed to football for for decades. But um, be that as it may, this is a different day and time. And so you can absorb some personnel losses. But to have three in one group, even if you're talking about backups, that's a big issue, especially on special teams. Because those are the guys, it's linebackers and DBs that run down on special teams and make plays. And all of a sudden – Uh, you start losing those guys then all of a sudden you've got to put some other guys in perhaps before they're ready and you know you and I both know special teams is an injury factory just waiting to happen everybody runs on there wide open and blow each other up the the uh, possibility of injury is is very great when you consider that so uh, that's all very interesting but um, you know safety spots I think we feel pretty good about where we are now it's just about kind of shoring up at second team and again there's gonna be a lot of guys out there, you're gonna to have to look at your program and kind of get those numbers figured out because there's gonna be a lot of new names and you know people in new places and new numbers and that sort of stuff, and it's gonna take a while to kind of get to know your team. We don't have that experienced guy in the back end to kind of take over, and that's really where Marcus Murphy has to step up. And listen, let's be honest. He's played some, but you know, he didn't play a lot last year, only played, you know, a handful of games. Due to the tutor Gate stuff. And so and now this is kind of his coming of age. It's time for him to kind of make that secondary his unit. He has to kind of be the guy out there. He is capable of doing it. He is talented enough to do it. He is mature enough to do it. This is a guy that's had to deal with a tremendous amount of heart heartache in his life uh in the last couple of years. You know, he lost his mom unexpectedly and he's had a son that's uh, had so many physical elements. And so he's had to grow up really quickly. And uh, I think that he is the guy that is a future NFL player, and I think he has the motivation to get there. Now it's about him kind of realizing his potential and becoming that guy in the SEC. When we first went out and signed Marcus Murphy, everybody expected him to be a difference maker. I think this is the year he becomes the difference maker. I think he becomes that guy that people begin to kind of to forecast as a potential NFL guy. I think he will play his way into some of those opportunities. Not saying that he declares this year He may. He may. But I think this will be a big year for him for his future. Probably would benefit from another full year. But I think he certainly has the potential to play professional football. And I think most people around the program do as well. You know, we talk about special teams sometimes kind of like a punchline of a joke. You know, it's like it's, uh, you know, it, it it doesn't really bother us unless we don't get it. You start getting bad special teams play, and all of a sudden everybody becomes an expert. And let's be honest, Joe Jones is a good guy, man, but our special teams under Joe Moorhead were not good. They weren't good. If, they were, if we ever had a week where we didn't have a special teams miscue, I don't remember it. It seems like every week we had something where there would be a fumbled snap or a muff punt or a busted protection. or There's always something. That's got to get better. Uh, I understand that grad transfer Brandon Ruiz is really pushing Scott Goodman and Jace Chrisman. He's really pushing them as the kickoff specialist and as the the field goal guy. Uh, That's good to hear. You know, we didn't go out and sign that guy just hoping he'd come in here and earn a spot on the roster. We wanted him to come in here and push everybody and make them better. Competition makes everybody better, as you guys are well aware. When you bring in a guy that's got that kind of leg talent, people are going to take notice. Uh, This is not the Boy Scouts. This is the Southeastern Conference, so it's not important that everybody gets a participation trophy trophy for the uh, Soapbox Derby. You know, we're trying to go in a ball game here. And so I think Brandon Ruiz helps us do that. And I like what I've heard about him in recent weeks. I understand last week might have been his best week of practice since he joined the Mississippi State roster. Uh, so that's big news. And so that, that's kind of what I've heard as of late about uh, the roster and kind of where things shake up. And here's the thing, too. You're starting to hear the same names mentioned regularly, not just by Paul Jones and myself, but by your coaches. You're beginning to hear the names week in and week out, every media opportunity, the same names are getting mentioned. I mean, you feel good about Fred Peters. It seems like everybody, every coach, whether it be offense, defense, whatever, everybody mentions Fred Peters as a guy that's been a real difference maker at nickel safety. Uh, Tony Hughes will do a good job with him there. And so when you begin to kind of shake that down, you think, okay, the reason that I'm hearing these names is because these guys are consistently being the top performers in practice. They are taking control of their position battle. So you're not going to see somebody just emerge here late in camp and say, oh, well, you know, he just came out of nowhere and took a starting spot. We're kind of there. Okay, we're going to get ready to play football in 12 days. 12 days. Let well, that sink in for a second. This time next week, it'll be game week. We'll be getting ready to make the plan to go down to Baton Rouge and eat fleur de Lis pizza and pizza and, uh, and have a good experience down in Baton Rouge and maybe go down and upset the defending national champions. So, now it should be about settling the roster and the depth chart and kind of getting ready. And I suspect, you know, as Mike Leach said on Saturday, we'll start getting ready for OSU a little bit and we'll finalize some things in camp. I think this week is the week you set your scout team, you set the depth chart, and then you get into full game prep later in the week. I think we kind of know where we are. I think we know who we are. I think now it's time for us to kind of put some things together. And it's going to be some difficult decisions. There going to be some guys that have – You know, they've worked really hard. They're going to find out they didn't make it too deep. And uh, we're going to need those guys to work hard on the scout team. Because, listen, that's the thing. You never know from one week to the next what the situation is. There are no red shirts this year. None. There's no benefit in, in not playing because it doesn't cost you anything. And so let's just say next week that all of a sudden you find out that there's been a COVID outbreak in the corners room. Well, you know, that's devastating. But now all of a sudden, all those guys that were running scout team or third team, they're going to be pressed into service. You never know from one week to the next. I mean, look around the country. There have been some games that have been postponed because they've had a COVID outbreak. You've got that going on in Memphis. It's just at the road from us. Those are the things that that you can't ever just assume that a guy's not going to play. So everybody has to remain game ready because you just never know what's going to happen. Everything can change in an instant. Everything can change in a party that you're not supposed to be at. And that's the thing, too. It's so interesting, too. You, You see the numbers going around around the country. But there's always something. There's always some little pocket out there. There's always something that's happened. It'll be a party or whatever. And we all knew there would be a bit of a Labor Day spike, right? But we have survived that probably better than most anticipated. I think we all felt like we needed to get through Labor Day without the world going crazy again. And we've done that. We made it through there. Everybody's like, oh, we'll just wait two weeks. You know what? It's been two weeks. Right? It's September 14th now. And so I won't say we got it on the run, but I think we've got a much better handle on things, and I believe we're going to be able to get to this college football season without major cancellations and that sort of stuff. And I think every time that we have a game, go week to week, and I know those are Arkansas State and Memphis thing. I get it. That's going to be a necessary part of this thing. There's going, to be, there's going to be some people that don't do what they're supposed to do, and there's going to be an issue. And, and, and listen, it's going to happen at some point with an SEC team too. You, know, you saw the numbers yesterday. I thought Ian Rappaport tweeted that out, how incredible it was, that they didn't have a single player test positive in the final test before they got ready to go play. So everybody tested negative, which is one of two things. Either the testing wasn't very good or the two, the protocols were. And I, I'm inclined to think it's the second. There's just so much money at, at stake here. Nobody's going to cut a corner to go play that because they can – if there's some special teams guy to test positive, they can just put him on IR and go get another one. There's no need to lie about it. But some in the media will browbeat you to death with it. You know, it's it's just – it's insane. But I'm not going to chase the uh Corona Bros narrative today. And speaking of that whole issue, you know, the Big Ten, of course, is uh, now looking to start playing football next month. So I go back and I think about, you remember when all of that first bubbled up about the Big Ten and was talking about canceling football, and then there were so many in the National College Football media that said, well, this is it. Once the Big Ten goes, this is going to be a domino effect and everybody's going to go. Everybody's going to go. Big Ten went, Pac-12 went, you know, Mac went, Mountain West went. I said, well, it's just a matter of time. And there, were, and there were so many people in the media that were so gleefully – projecting all this i have felt all along that we would play and i've said that on this show because i feel like there's just too much involved not just from a financial standpoint but what it means to the towns what it means to the communities what it means to the university and if they could safely find a way to pull it off they would play but i don't feel the need to get out there and gleefully get on twitter and say see i told you so and and then that's one of the things i don't you know listen let's just enjoy what we have you know, getting out there and tweeting at Pete Dammel and Dan walking, and I even saw where Pete disabled notif- disabled comments on his tweets. I like Pete, but I think that's a little soft, Pete. But, uh, but be that as it may, college football is here. And we had a near full slate of games this past weekend, and we, th- there will be some positive tests this week. You can go ahead and expect that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it came from competition. But there's going to be some tests, and that's going to be trumpeted out there. That's going to be the headline. It won't be the thousands of other kids that played and, and didn't test positive. It's it's incredible to think, you know, what life has become in the media. I think about this all the time. It's like I, I saw something earlier today that said that uh, fake news spreads faster than true news does. And a lot of it's because it's so well-crafted because you, people use sensational headlines Because there are so many people out there that have this, you know, this negative outlook on life. And it's like, see, I told you, I told you, we're all going to die. You know what? Here's 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 a headline for you. We all are going to die at some point. We are. And it might be tomorrow. It might be 10 years from now, maybe 100 years from now. But I'm going to live with what I got left. And so if there's football on, I'm going to watch it and enjoy it because I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know if they come out the next week and say, hey, you know what? Uh, This game can't be played because there's a COVID outbreak. I don't know. But I'm going to live in the moment, and I know this. I know my favorite NFL team is playing tonight, and I'm going to watch that game. And I'm going to enjoy every minute of it, I guess in case we lose. If we lose, my, my, my mood might not be quite so rosy. But I'm going to enjoy it. I'm enjoying the fact that uh, I get to hear from Mike Leach and the Mississippi State coaches and players a couple times each week and then share that news with you all. I'm enjoying that because, again, I don't know how long all this is going to last. You know, as optimistic as I am about the season and uh, about the current flow of the virus, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when the when the temperatures turn cold and the flu comes back and all of a sudden people exhibit flu-like symptoms and then all of a sudden everybody is, uh, a, you know, suspect of being uh, infected. You know, that's it's going to happen. That's just the reality of life. And so I'm not going to worry about what may be. I'm going to focus on what is. And today the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing. And today Jeffrey Simmons and the Tennessee Titans are playing. And so I'm going to focus on that. We get here Wednesday, we'll talk about those games, and we'll talk about whatever else has happened. But I can't do anything about flu season today. I can't change it. I can't run it off. I can go get a uh, you know flu shot and hope that uh, I get the one for the right strain and do the best that I can. But, uh, you know, I've just found that worrying doesn't change anything. A lot of the things that I worry about never happen anyway, right? And so let's just live in the moment, man, and just kind of enjoy the fact that we've got some of the things back that we love. Uh, NBA Finals will soon be here if, you're, if that's your cup of tea. MLB is getting ready to, you know, to start the title chase. You know We've got some of those things back, and if you remember a couple months ago, we would have given anything then to have what we have now. And so instead of focusing on the worst-case scenario, let's focus on what we have. Speaking of what we have a little bit later, a couple of weeks from now, alpha dogs will be available you can pre-order today at alphadogs the while you're there you can get personalized copies of flim flam and stark villains they're all right there all those urls lead you to the same place go to the website order your books i'll write whatever you want on them and i've had so many people that have ordered alpha dogs and say hey where do i get stark Vill- What well, stark villains is there too you just scroll down the page it's all right there and uh, listen, we're in, I'm in the process of finalizing some other stuff. You know, I've got I've got a great agent that handles this stuff for me, and we're in the middle of uh, negotiating some other things. I teased with you guys. I'm going to have a book of poetry in the spring, and that's true. I'm gonna, as a matter of fact, I'm going to spend the holiday season getting all that ready. I'm going to give uh, give myself. The, I'm going to get through football season. I'm going to put that ready. We're going to push it out to print, and then we'll release that in the spring. And then we may have another book for you uh, in the fall or in the winter of next year so kind of working through all that now another mississippi state book it'll be different than stark villains and alpha dogs though be different so i'm always looking for opportunity and i have a lot of people that contact me with things and some of it interests me and some of it doesn't but i try to do things that, that i think you guys will find of interest and so i've been approached by a group said hey listen we got this great story and and uh I think Mississippi State fans will love it, and I do too. And so we're we're, we're kind of negotiating through all that stuff now, kind of moving forward with that, and uh, we'll we'll have an announcement sooner rather than later. How about that? I had uh, to be honest with you. I did not plan on writing a book next year, except there were two different opportunities that I was talking to people about, and so I told my agent, whichever one of these gets closed first, if we can do it, we'll do it next year. We'll do it in twenty twenty one, and so. If I didn't have those, one of those two opportunities, I didn't want to write anything next year. Because my heart just wouldn't, I wanted to kind of take a year off. And I said, but it, I don't want anybody else to write these books. And so if, this, if we can get this situation resolved, then let's work on the book. Let's get it done. So that's happening. It appears to be anyway. And so once we get a signed contract, and once we come to terms with everybody, I'll share with you guys what I'm working on. And I'm excited about it. I'm really, really excited about it because my heart is in this. It's one of those things, it's it's one of these, it's a great moment in Mississippi State history and uh, deserves to be documented. And I think there's a new generation of people that didn't fully appreciate it when it happened because they were too young. And so we'll have a behind the scenes look at all that stuff. And so looking forward to share more information with you guys about that as we kind of move forward. Again, go to alphadogsthebook.com. And uh, listen, it now, it's never too early to start ordering for Christmas anyway. I've got people already that are I'm having to go sign books and say hey, Merry Christmas to to whoever, to Chris Kringle. And so get ahead of the game. Order yourself some books. Order all three. Get the trilogy, Flim Flam, Starkville Ones, and Alpha Dogs, because I'm going to stack these books up on you. I'm just telling you now, uh, now that I've got the bug and now that I understand I've got some great people that I'm working with, uh, I believe we can produce a quality product every single time. So I'm going to take advantage of that and do my best to help tell the Mississippi State story uh, as extensively as I can. Well, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Wednesday. Hope that you guys do well and have a great week, and uh, we'll see you then. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.